You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Hey, thanks, Bob. Once again, hey, welcome to Felony Inc. Podcast, coming to you live from Portland, Oregon. We share stories that show again and again that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that happiness and success are a state of mind, not the result of material gain or fame. Don't get me wrong, I like making money, but it's really learning to rock the journey with all of its ups and downs that I call success. Our best guests on Felony Inc. have discovered the amazing power of accountability and have converted wisdom, or converted adversity to wisdom and a success mindset. Most of our guests have been convicted of felonies and are now honest, hardworking entrepreneurs. Owning up for my past mistakes and being willing to work harder than anyone else have been essential to my own triumphs. If you're not passionate and willing to work hard, you might as well have winning the lottery as your life plan, lad. I'm going to win. That's how, that's how good your odds are. I'm winning. Positive change isn't easy. Transformation is a motherfucker. I'm Dave Dahl, creator and co-founder of Dave's Killer Bread. As usual, my co-host is Lad Justison, who's been, you know, he's been a thorn in my side since when, 1998? Way back. Yeah, and that's when we met on the yard at Snake River. Uh, I remember that child molester-looking dude walking up and (laughs) wasn't sure what I was, you know, what he was going to do. Like, he was going to sit down with his guitar and try to fit in. Uh, you know, I'm always, I've always been quite the misfit anyway, but I still didn't like to hang out with child molesters <laughs> back in the, back in the day. So now it's different? <laughs> well, you're, you're hanging out with me now. Um, he's my co-conspirator, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother. Hey, lad, what's up today? <laughs> Whoa, that's quite an intro there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> The chomo thing is just, uh, it's, it's, weighing, true. it's weighing on me. Yeah. All right, so look, you know what? We got some really cool things happening, Dave. And uh, yesterday was just a fantastic day. Um, our listeners, um, we are, they are doing a documentary on the man himself, Big D. And uh, the guys came up yesterday, set up all the stuff in Dave's, Dave's uh, condo and, and, did a really cool shot and a bunch of questions, and it was just great. Uh, went really super well. Uh, so that's something maybe everybody can kind of look forward to seeing come out eventually is a documentary on, on Dave Dahl. And then, oh, my gosh, this is just, Dave's been so excited about this this gig we got coming up. It's at Dar Sales downtown Portland, and it's usually a... <laughs> Well, you know, anytime the word, the place Darcells is mentioned, lad gets kind of a little excited. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Darcells is a drag bar, well-known in Portland, and Lad is a drag queen. That's true. I was going to ask, are you all going to dress in drag for that? We are. That is. I am. Just uh, I don't really, I don't really fill out a, a girl's um, outfit that well. Uh, right. Well, his boobs are about as big as a girl's. And that's something I'd like to mention. Yesterday, during the documentary shoot, they actually uh, got Dave with his shirt off in his weight room doing some reps. Yeah, and I don't even work out with my shirt off. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, it was like uh, the Hulk. It was just like the Hulk. So, girls, get ready. If you watch this documentary and see Dave without his shirt on, well, and guys, too. But, you know... There is going to be there. You won't, the like him when he's, won't like him when he's angry. In the raw, big D. Well, he's, he's a pussycat, but, you know. Well, you know, I've been working hard. I've been working hard, so um, I'm glad. You know, I 
felt kind of weird when they told me take my shirt off because um, you know, I don't work out with my shirt off. So, but uh, no, so, you look pretty good, bro. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, you're doing pretty good. I'm not, I'm not quite as ripped as I'd like to be. Yet. It's all coming together. All right. So uh, anyway, we keep moving forward and. Today's guest, we have a guest today, and I don't have any idea who the hell it is. It's a special guest, and probably the most special guest that you've ever had on this show is going to be here in just a few minutes. Oh, get out of here. That's I'm gonna, telling you, that's dude. Gonna, that's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. No. The people that have been on before. The Felony Inc. podcast producer is messing with me today, and that's Mark Grimes, and just said it was going to be a surprise guest. That's better, right. Better be a good surprise. Well, because dude, this, this has is, all the signs of some clandestine FBI sting operation. This is going to be the best guest. I'm, you know what? I'm prejudiced with this guest. I love this guest. Oh this guest God. has a special place in my heart and in your heart. And you'll see it in just a minute. Oh, wow. Okay, so what's going on here? Now what do I do? Well, we got to figure out when the guest is coming in. We can get... Yeah. Yeah, we can get uh, them in here, and uh, well, they can come in anytime they want. Get on with the show. Uh, but right now, I mean, anytime they want. Hey, special guest, where are you? It's Mark Grimes. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> There's a big grand. Oh my God! Yes, this is probably the most special. That's absolutely, essentially, the most special guest ever. Oh my God! Is this a re the real Jessica Benedom? It's my daughter. Who's uh, who's never done any time and uh, never really been a bad girl? Not yeah, really. a little bit. She so she much. used to beat me up when I first met her. You know, she used to she would refuse to call me Uncle Lad. Yeah. Yeah. When she she was yeah she was ornery to me back then. But Hello. now she's a mother of two beautiful. Yeah. Granddaughters yeah. to you, and uh, I'm going to one of their uh, grand, one of their birthday party tonight. That's right, yeah. Ashlyn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what the a sweet one, little, little girl! Mm -hmm. Just amazing, um, incredible that the, the all of the they're all girls. Everyone, two daughters, three granddaughters, and they all turned out amazing. I just I'm so blown away by that. Man, I'm telling you, like, you're my son, and look how you turned out. Oh, I turned shit. out great. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's the it's on the boy side. Yeah. The boys all turn out it's all bad. All the boys are bad. Well, say hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did this come about? Oh, uh, you know, we didn't have a idea. guest. Our guest uh, that we planned, of course, uh, wasn't able to make it. They mm -hmm. bowed out, and so uh, Mark Grimes thought, you know what, a couple other guests that we've had on before, and uh, then he just had this really brilliant idea that. Uh, We'd have Jess on. Well, it's interesting because yesterday we talked about, and when we did the um, interview with the, for the documentary, actually it's a documentary teaser that we're making um, to kind of sell the idea to somebody like Netflix or whatever. Uh, it's not my project, but I'm involved. I mean, I don't, I'm not running the project. I'm just the subject of the project. So I guess I'm involved. You're um, involved. <laughs> With your shirt off, you're yeah. involved. So um, we talked, of course, about Jess, and we talked about Lad, because the two people that mattered, that really were, like, there for me in, in, in part of my life during my last time in prison and so forth, and then since then. So uh, it's interesting. So we can go into um, all that. We could actually just talk about just things from Jessica's perspective and through her life and just, and not just about me, but the, your experience in your life. How about that? Sure. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Maybe Jess can tell us, you know, uh, what type of a relationship she had with you back in the days when you were messing up. You know, you weren't doing very good and going she to prison. She, she probably doesn't even hardly remember. I'm sure she does. Well, I don't remember a whole lot from back when I was, you know, five or below. But, you know, I, I didn't have a good relationship because we were... 
She didn't even see me as her dad. It was just some some guy that was messing with her mom, you know, that kind of thing. And there was a lot of those. Oh, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was. And so it was really hard to, you know, differentiate the difference between a boyfriend and him because, you know, we were we were pretty, you know, distant. Mm -hmm. And so and and being I mean, we didn't you you didn't see me. I'd come into your life and it was just get out of here. Yeah, yeah I was I was mean to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember though, I think you were four. The first, you know, okay, let's start when you were um, one, and that's when I was still in your life, uh, and that's when I started calling you Jester because you were just this little, you were a funny little kid, you know, <laughs> kind of like kind of like your your daughters. Um, they both are. Yeah, they're very much like you, and. Uh, and that's great. Their their personalities are very good, very very great and sweet, spirited, sweet, sweet yeah. little girls. Spirited, sweet, yeah. happy. Um, you know, I was a very unhappy kid, so uh, it's great to see that that's not what's going on. When I was that age, even I was unhappy. Just I just was messed up. So uh, it's glad I'm glad to see that's not getting passed on. Heretically or genetically. Yeah, and you know, she, Jess has never been in trouble, you know, no, so she broke real, the mold somehow there too, you know, so, I mean, you know. Now, she hasn't been in any real trouble. Let's, let's go back. Okay, so that was happening. I was, um, that was like my second time, second, you know, dope uh, running time. I, I still hadn't really figured out how to be a criminal yet. Not to say that I ever was a great criminal, uh, but every time I went to prison, I got a little better at it, uh, better at, you know, finding ways to get in trouble. And uh, so when I, we were hanging out there on like 140th and Stark, whatever it was, 130 something, uh, we had this little uh, apartment with your mom and we would, uh, we were trying to sell drugs out of there. We were doing all kinds of stuff. And there you were. And you didn't always get taken care of that well. You know, that's kind of what I remember. Um, we just, when, when things were not good, you were getting neglected. And then when things were good, you were, we, we loved you. We get took care of you, you know, that's the way it was. So um, you won't remember any of that. There was one picture we saw. That, there's one picture from that time that I've seen. With Vanessa and Val and yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you explain that part? You know, you have a bunch of sisters and brothers, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all from different fathers, and mm-hmm. Dave, you know, is your father. So that was quite, you know, a lot of guys coming in and out of your mom's life back then. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, I the the best thing that I can say that that you know, we got from all of that is is each other, my sisters and, you know, my family. And, it, you know, it's just... That's true. You guys are yeah. close. Mm-hmm. Still close. Still close. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that's a value that I never learned growing up. I was always, how far away can I get from my family? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there's a lot of... It's like survival for me, I think, at that point. For you, it was that way, yeah. Yeah. And for me, survival mentally meant I needed to get away. So, you know, because of all the things that I did, you exist, you know, so you can't you can't go back, well, I regret that, you know, no, this, everything has a reason, everything kind of works out the way it does. Um, so, when, when is your first, uh, you know, when did you start becoming aware and, and can remember back to it in your life? It isn't not just about me, but in your life. What, what were the important points in your life growing up, the early years? I mean, I remember living with your mom, my mm-hmm. grandma. Yeah. That was, um, you know, her and then my foster parents that I had, you know, and then Val, my older sister, we, you know, just, I don't know, I think growing up in kind of like turmoil kind of shaped me to see what, you know, that was normal at that time. And then being around grandma and my foster parents and then, uh, you know, once my mom settled down when I was seven, uh, 
life, I kind of was able to see how life could be. And so, you know, I think that I kind of was lucky in that way where I could kind of see, you know, I have a choice in which direction I go. Did you, um, okay, because you, you obviously knew that you're, by a certain age, you knew that your mom wasn't really the norm. The norm That mm -hmm. that lifestyle was, was probably a little bit on the um, unstable and, you know, just, you didn't start thinking, you started thinking, well, I wish I had a different uh, situation. But you did have people like Sarah and, your mom, and my mom, people like that, that looked out for you. Uh, and that's fantastic. I think that was, without that, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Um, but you learned. But did, did you have like an ideal idea of how things should be? Or were you like, this is the way it should be? And some unrealistic expectations in life? Or did you always have kind of a grounded view? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, th I think that I, I just kind of, there were times that I was like, I wish that life was different. Um, I think everyone has that. So for me, I think that it was just kind of like, I, you know, this is just what it is, and you just have to roll with it, you know? So you learned acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's a very yeah. valuable thing to learn in life. Um, it took me a long time to learn that one. So you were, let's say, when was the first time you thought, well, I want to get to know my dad a little bit? Uh, oh, well, wait a he, first of all, he is my dad. <laughs> I think he is my dad, after all. I was probably um, six or seven. I'm, I'm uh, had a stepdad that was in my life for seven years, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so I think that once he came into our life, then it was like you know I saw his relationship with his kids. He had two daughters who I'm still really close with now, and uh, they um, had you know a relationship that I'd never really seen before, mm -hmm. and so I think that was about the time that I got really interested in you know, who you were and things. That's a, you know, I was about seven then. Hmm. You and I started talking around, like, what, nine? Maybe Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I know that, um, when you think about it, I mean, if that's your idea, you start getting that idea of what a father-daughter thing is, and then, you know, I kind of don't measure up to that in a way. Because, uh, well, really, by that time, you know, I've just been in prison and all those guys left and right. But I didn't have um, skills, you know, as a dad. And I didn't didn't like my dad. I eventually forgave my dad, but I didn't like my dad at all. Hated my dad. And uh, so I never really developed, you know, that's an, I don't want to make excuses. It's just that I think that's the reason why I'm kind of the way I am eventually became totally independent of people, you know? And so it's more like, okay, how much of myself can I find and is gonna be accepted, you know, when I give it, so. So I know that <clears throat> the last time you were in prison, this is when you really made some significant changes in your life, that you and Jess's relationship kind of started to get on track a little bit. Started having, we just started having some, uh, some common ground that we started finding. I remember, I think, one of the coolest things that we discovered was uh, we both discovered uh, Love Line, the show mm -hmm. Love Line together. It was very weird because, you know, it, I, I thought it was a great show, funny and, and, and interesting and thought thought provoking, and it was coming along at a time in her life where she was you know, becoming a, well, she was adolescent, maybe, starting to become a woman, and so... Was that with Drew, with uh, Dr. Drew, Dr. Drew and Adam yeah. Carolla? Yeah. Oh, I used to listen to that, too. That's crazy. Yeah. I listen to it every night. I think that was something that we both, you know, he, he I don't know if you mentioned it or how it yeah. came along, but we both were listening to it, and that was just special to know that, yeah, we're hundreds of miles apart, but mm. we're, you know, able to enjoy the same thing at the same time. And then you guys got a chance to talk about it when you came. And that was before the internet, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. so it's a different world. Yeah. What's up? So you guys, when she came, visited you, I remember that, when mm -hmm. you were in prison. 
So you guys, did you guys talk about Love Line when you guys? Hmm? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we would write about it. Yeah. We would just write about things, and so there was that. And what else did we? Because you started having like boyfriends um, or one particular boyfriend, and. It's embarrassing when I think back about what we what I would write to you because yeah. it was like things that you don't normally you know I, I would think that you wouldn't normally talk to your dad about you know like oh this guy and we're doing this and it's like that's kind of but there's nothing I could really do about anything and it's more like well that's cool she, she's trusting me with yeah. with these words and did and, you try to give her the best advice you could. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> From anything, what you were saying, I mean, it shocked you at first, I'm sure. As if I, as if I know anything to give her, <laughs> that's not something. But I did. I, I tried to be supportive, and I had the time and uh, to do that, you know. So it was it was good for me and it was good for her. I think um, the reality, though, you know, we did all that, and then I, I'm going to have to take a break real quick, and then we'll come back to that that time. Um, here we go. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Well, I'm really sorry about Lad's uh, commercial there. That was really don't, bad. Don't be jealous because I read my commercial better than you do. <laughs> don't be a hater. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get back to our the best guest ever. Uh, uh, my I told daughter, you that. Jess, my daughter, Jessica Benedom. Best ever. Uh, Jess, well, we're going to get into more current stuff, but we'll start uh, where we left off with... Um, Let's see. We, we we I was doing time. Seems like another lifetime now. I'm talking, see, fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was around two thousand one ish. Then I remember really, uh, you know, two thousand one, two, something like that. Maybe even two thousand. I don't know. So that's uh, a long time ago now, and a lot's happened since then. But um, so, what was happening in your life right then? Those years, say mm. 2000 to 2005. Uh, well, my mom and stepdad broke up, so that was really hard because then my mom, you know, didn't really have a stable job or a place to really be, and she was in and out of uh, NA and AA and stuff like that. So, you know, that was hard for me at 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and so I ended up moving with, uh, moving in with a boyfriend who had, you know, always lived in the same place, went to the same high school that I was, you know, going to, mm. stuff like that. So um, he was a pretty good guy, though. He was a really good guy, yeah. yeah. And so he he had, you know, and you know, separate bedrooms. We are actually on different floors. You know, it was very very structured and dinner time at the same time every day. I mean, that was a really big thing in my life too because, mm. you know, I do all of this stuff with my kids. You know, I take them and make sure that... You structured, are you structured like that? Yeah. On, on dinner and stuff? I did. Dinner, we eat at the table together and, well, that's great. you know, talk about the day and stuff. I see, that's something I didn't really know. Uh, but that's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's valuable. I'm a structure freak. You know, anything that I can structure, I do. Uh, I try to, you know, the more things are in place... And more things have a place and they're in their place, you know, the better I feel. Yeah, me too. So I think I got good. that from you. Yeah. I'm I'm not OCD, no. you know, but just, you know, well, tidy. Well, 
You know, yeah, tidy. I, I, I think some people, you know, people who aren't tidy and don't care about tidiness would might call that OCD, but <laughs> that's an excuse, you know, <laughs> because we just care about. That's something we value. That's right. And lads like that too. Except, I am. I, except I for his like brain. It. His brain's not. My brain scattered. Yeah. But uh, pretty hard to pick up the pieces on that yeah, one. It is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we go through the early two thousands. I'm in prison, you're on the street, you're dealing with, you got a boyfriend, kind of probably, you know, a codependent relationship of some sort. Kind of, I mean. Because at that age, that happens. Yeah, probably. I mean, we were living together, I mean, and living together at such a young age, that's, you know, regardless of the situation, we were together at school, at home, you know, we'd go, you know, places together, so yeah, I, I would say... Without realizing it, yeah. <laughs> was it with his parents lived there too? Yeah, it was their house. So mm-hmm. did they kind of? I visited there. Like a father, mother. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they kept us separate. You know, we obviously your parents are at work. You're going to be able to like sneak off and you know be teenagers. But you know, for we the don't want to hear about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying for the most no, part. For the most part, she yeah. She needs we to were. have placeholders at least. Yes. Say, well, we did this sort of thing. We got. That's the rules. You can. You say what you want to say on this show. That's what you do. Right. So um, anyway, now. But you eventually came to a point. When you were still together with Kevin mm-hmm. when I got out. Yeah, briefly. Mm-hmm. It was um, about six months before we broke up, or four or something, because then I ended up moving out. And then I, two months later, so I moved in with you. Yeah. Your cat moved in first. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> cat. I called her Mueller. And her name was Gizmo, was and Gizmo. he renamed her. And I was, was like, you monkey? can't be. I did it because I was being no. ornery because um, you never came over and saw her. You gave her to me, so I was like, "Okay, if it's my cat now, I'm naming, I'm naming her Mueller." And uh, I was just being, I was just being uh, hardcore. <laughs> anyway, I remember telling you, I was like, "You can't rename her. It's like renaming your grandkids. You just don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a cat. That's why I can do it. So, anyway, uh, and then you moved in, and I remember the rules that I see. I was trying to be a good dad. It was my, the only thing I knew how to be a good dad was to, to instill the, my values. And one of my values I had developed, I had created, was accountability. You know, accountability is everything, in a sense, because um, you're accountable. You say, well, you hold yourself accountable. That's the essential, the best thing you can do is say, well, if I say I'm going to do this or I believe I should be doing this, that's what I should be doing, that kind of thing. And it doesn't mean you have to regret mistakes, but you learn from your mistakes, you move on, you do better. So, uh, because of my experience in life, and I'd had this amazing transformation in the way I thought, I um, wanted you to uh, finish school. That was the number one thing. I really learned to appreciate and um, appreciate the value of education. And even if the high school education wasn't wasn't all that it was made the structure I wanted you to have and and the sticking through to it and following through so uh, I said you can stay here and I'll do everything I can for you as long as you uh, finish school and then she met some guy and what happened <laughs> oh I started smoking weed and Ditching class and so she's not this perfect up, little angel. Yeah, and then, so I I ended up dropping out. Well, I was going and also I was going to school in uh, in at Centennial in Gresham and taking the bus. So part of that was just like I don't want to go. That's so daunting, you know. And you know because we lived on 60th and Killingsworth mm. at, the, at the time, and so you know taking the bus and so but that you know but that's you really not an excuse. It's you, just that you know it was. We could have figured something out if yeah. you wanted to do it. It would have been something, and that was the thing. I think you. I think I just gave up at that point. And you were with a guy that really didn't obviously didn't support you. Uh, didn't like hey, well you need to finish school. Yeah. It was more like hey, I want you to be with me, or probably you hang out with me and smoke weed, and and then. Uh, 
stuff was happening. I remember, so we we ended up having something a wedge kind of driven between us there for a little while mm-hmm. because I wasn't um, okay with it, and I wanted to be I wanted to follow through with what I said, uh, and so it kind of you know I, I kicked you out I think. Yeah, well, it, it, or we, or we mutually it, agreed or something. Yeah, it was like the house was going to be sold or something after a few months, and so then you said, "Well, at, you know, at some point we're going to have to find our own place," and so, you yeah. know, that's when me and Jason ended up looking for our own apartment. Well, I, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have wanted to kick you out if it was just you, but now, but I made the mistake of letting Jason move in there. That was my mistake, as I the way I look back at it. Um, and so I think I was, I started having it like, I didn't like it, you know? So, um, and then one time I found some weed on the, on the table and I'm like, okay, this is not cool. My, my PO comes over, you know? So I was pissed and one, there was some little stuff going on. Rightfully so. I think I would have been too. So how, how old were you at that point? I moved in when I was 17 and moved out when I was 18. So yeah, it was it was just about exactly a year. But you know, it, it had to be kind of a confusing time, you know, school and all that stuff. But then you know, you know, you and your dad getting back together mm-hmm. and kind of establishing the roles after him being absent kind of for first, so long. Kind of really getting together for the first time mm-hmm. since she was aware, you know. But here's the good thing. I don't think I, I know of anybody right now who has a better relationship with their daughter than you and Jess. She well, works for you. Yeah, there's a lot of great things about it, and you know we work we work on it. We, she and I, are, and we're not neither one of us are very um, outgoing in a sense. I mean, like it's like we're a little reserved, even though I don't always seem reserved, and you don't always seem reserved. We, is there's a there's a kind of a the Tysons to getting to establishing relationships. Um, let's see, what's Wait, the... I think uh, that comes from both of our childhoods. I mean, when I think about that, when I talk with people about that, you know, you said before that, you know, my closeness is something that you never, you know, with my siblings was something you never had with yours or anything. And so I think, and then mine is like, I have my couple of people that I'm really, really close with. And then other people, it's like, I, I, I hold them, you know, at arm's length. And yeah. so I think I, we both kind of do that with each other, even mm-hmm. though we don't want to, we don't realize it until no. we talk about it. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, this is one thing that's cool. We're doing it on the air, but <laughs> everybody's going to, you know. Everybody's a part of this. Uh, so I think it's great, though, every time we do get a chance to talk, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing is, I remember, I'm trying to remember so, some important details because um, when I went to, you know, I started at the bakery right after I got out. I started working in the bakery. Um, after a little while and you needed some work, I think. Then you started talking to my brother because I really couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't really have you dealing with me so much because there was, still needed some work to get back together after what happened at, uh, on Killingsworth. Yeah, I think a lot of time had passed actually between- a Couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we ended up moving to Vancouver and. Um, w- was up there for like a year before I met my now husband and um, it was about another year or so before I started working at the bakery. I didn't, we weren't like, we weren't, you and I weren't distant, you know, by that point. I think at that point we were fine, but um, yeah. Oh, I remember what it was. Now, see, I remember one of the challenges that I had when I got out. You kind of rejected me again, but not not like you did before, but more like I would say, well, let's go do something, and and we were planning to do it, and then you would got I got a headache or something, all the time. Now I didn't I didn't quite get it was like I felt like I was getting rejected again, and the cool thing about it was I really didn't need if I'd have had these relationships, it would have actually distracted from the work that I did to create Dave's Killer Bread. Mm-hmm. You when you do something like Dave's Killer Bread. And the way I did it, it kind of is a full, it's all of you, yeah. you know, and that's where I was. 
So, um, would have been a lot harder to if do. If we'd have got really close, then it might have been harder. Yeah. But, you know, since Jess came in, you know, to the bakery, um, she's yeah. been such an asset to, mm -hmm. the, to your company back then, to, every, to everybody, your company now. Anybody she works for or works with is, is going to benefit. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way she is. And what's cool, I mean, we can catch up to now, uh, there's so much, but now she's got uh, a great husband, I like him, you know, I love him, and great guy, and two little, two little baby girls, one's eight and one's three, and I'm just blown away, I mean, they're miracles, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, so all that's happening, she works for me, kind of, uh, one cool thing, she, she started working just doing the, selling the African art, doing that, that whole business and all the different things that add up to that. But we had an accounting firm that was just soaking it, soaking me, you know, like crazy. Um, and I was able to switch that work over, a lot of it over to Jess this year. We've been able to, she's been able to pick up those skills and become a bookkeeper. And not only that helps me, it helps her become, to learn new skills, uh, gives her, you know, if something ever happens, she'll always be employable. Um, you know, so I'm not too worried about, about her. And she's done a great job and saved me money and, you know, gets the work done the right way. And so what do you think of that? How, how's that working out for you? It's working good. I mean, most of it, it's now kind of autopilot. Once you learn that kind of thing, bookkeeping and whatever, it's it's like one, two, three, you know, four is next. Like, it's always mm. the same. And so it's, then I like that, you know. The only thing I would think is that, I mean, if you like it enough, maybe go on to higher levels of accounting. Or, Training and stuff. Yeah, because, you know, you become a certified public accountant or something like that. That's amazing job. Amazing um prerequisite for you, you know, that you would just have and the the value of that as a per, helping you deal with money in the future, because being my daughter, there's money in your future, <laughs> you know, no matter how. Huh? Wait a minute, you said I was your son, so <laughs> how does that work? Well... I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna like uh, motivate. Try to motivate you to kill me. Okay. <laughs> so I have. I got all these measure safe measures in here. You know, measure yeah. to, to keep to keep myself alive as, as long as possible. Just don't put you know, the sound lad did, guy. Glad did time for murder. So don't put you the never. sound guy all on in your will. You know. <laughs> Unless you want to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. So, you know, wanna, can you guys tell us a few little stories about, you know, um, the cool moments that you guys have had since you got back together? Well, there's, uh, there's, there's only two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> can, you think, can you think of one? I mean, there's a lot of cool moments. There is a lot of cool moments. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Oaks Park was probably my favorite. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My, what was it? My last birthday, right? Yeah. We, it wasn't long ago at all. No, we went to Oaks Park as, you know, a family. It was my dad, me, my husband, my kids, and then some friends um, and some other family. And uh, we just spent the day. It was hot. It was great. And then we went back to your place and had a little party. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, and I, I did it all without drinking, which is really weird for me. You know, no drinking, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was fun. Yeah. We so, bonded on the carousel. No, not carousel. Oh, Ferris yeah. Wheel. Yeah, we talked and we looked at the we looked at my building. Oh yeah. We were able to see my building the top of it. Um, the building that I live in from Oaks Park. And uh, so I got to take just a little and one more break. I'll on take it away. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. 
At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a $150 credit. Hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Holy I, crap! That's a pretty good deal. That is a pretty I, good deal. I feel very. Um, I feel really good. Like I'm changing the world with that. With that. And that's hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm making the world a better place by but giving people hundred fifty dollar credit. They're gonna get on the phone and they're gonna go, um, "Hey, I'd like to mention uh, Damn," and they can't remember those guys' name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> as long as they remember Alon's name, we'll be okay. Everybody remembers Alon, right? Oh, yeah. Plus, with me, you get a 250 credit. That's <laughs> Ooh, nice. Ooh, yeah, that's right, because Alon's chipping the 100 in himself. Yeah. Cash. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the only way that's going to work. <laughs> All right, so, uh, wow, boy. Feel like you're in therapy right now? It's therapy. Couples now, therapy. Well, why don't, now why don't we uh, why don't we make the last ten minutes therapy? Now, we, it has been it's been therapeutic, but why don't you tell me um, anything that you feel that you would like to get out of this therapy session? Can you think of anything <laughs> offhand? Because you got Lad here, you got All on here, you got the world here. Anybody that's listening? How many we got? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I just see you growing all the time as a human being. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I mean, just you've, you're just the same person that you've always been, but growing. And uh, I love that. So um, I like to be a part of that, even, you know, to what degree that I am. I If there's any way that I can help you more... Um, that would be nice. I think that you have uh, definitely in my... I mean, accountability is something that obviously is very important to you. It's very important to me, too. And I don't know if I got that you know, from you in the last 10 years or so. I know that working at the bakery or you know, discover African art in personal relationships, it's huge. You know, you mess up at the bakery... You could hurt somebody, you know, you could hurt yourself and, uh, you know, you have to be able to say, I messed up. I'm sorry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and lots well, of stuff. Well, there's that side of accountability, which is kind of like, OK, you own your mistakes, stuff like that. There's the other side that's even more that's even more exponential in a way. And that's the side that says. I have the power because I'm accountable to me and the world. I personally have the power to change my life. I make the choices that change my future. Um, And that's a great feeling to have. So if there's anything in the world I would want you to have, it's that, it's that feeling like, boy, you know, all this stuff, whatever situation I'm in is basically because of the choices I made. and any things that came to me that I don't like, and I've been blaming other people, well, that doesn't give me any power. That doesn't, that's not powerful. The powerful way is to go, well, yes, other people have been involved. They've influenced my life. And, you know, I mean, I was born into this situation, and I could have been born into that one. But it doesn't matter. That's a waste of time. What you can do, what we do when we become powerful. I think is we take it in, take our life into our own hands. We take the past. We just go. This is what it is. It's, we accept it, and then we move on and make the make the most of it. So, if there's anything that I would like to see, is for you to take the bull by the horns in your life and find, you know, you know, be as happy as you can be. Well, you know, I think, Dave, you know, um, something that I've seen in Jess, and, you know, especially with her family and the relationship that you guys had, you know, I wasn't there in the early days, of course, but through the years, is that I feel that Jess 
has grounded herself and probably maybe for the first time in her life feels really secure in the life that she has, you know, in the relationship that she has with you. Yeah. Well, you know, she's got her own, she's created this own little microcosm, this own little, her own little world with her family, her kids. I mean, that's something I can't, I, I can't relate. I haven't, I haven't experienced is coming home to a family. Uh, what is that like? I know that's everything to you. It is. Uh, being a mom is something that, uh, or a parent, mom or dad, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm on the actually the other side of things. You know, I uh, go to work every day, and uh, my husband stays home with our girls, and he works in the evening uh, or on the weekends. And so um, coming home is like... You know, you're just greeted by these people who look up at you and they're just, you know, they want to consume you <laughs> until they go to bed. And so uh, it's wonderful, but it's uh, exhausting. it's exhausting, you know, because it's like people that don't have kids or people that, you know, um, are maybe older, their kids are, are gone, uh, get to, you know, not get to, they come home and, and they're just watch TV or they work out or they you know eat dinner and go to bed so uh, you know it's but the thing is I wouldn't take it I wouldn't I wouldn't you know take it away I it's right wonderful. it's a cha- it's this is your your life and it's great I mean obviously you've got some, such amazing kids and I think you got a great husband um, so when I I think about it's the it's so different. I would have not been able to accomplish all the things that I accomplished if I'd have had that kind of family to to be responsible for, to consume my time and energy. Uh, Dave's Killer Bread wouldn't have happened. You know, maybe there would have been. We would, I would have had a good job uh, doing whatever I was doing. I would have done well, but that was all consuming. It's kind of like having that was my family. My that was it for me so um, I, li- I, I like when you understand that that you know there's a trade off there was a trade off for me that's yeah. the choices I made you made these choices and it's great you know you you actually have the power to do that and um, you really don't have to go out and create a Dave's Killer Bread you know your dad did it, so. <laughs> but, you know, she's part of the story, just like everything that happened in your life, part. bringing you to the point where you decided to surrender and and, and uh, take accountability for your life. Yeah. You know, I'd like to bring up a kind of a cool little story about, uh, about Jess's oldest daughter, Brooklyn, is that um, she had, you know, in her relationship with you, Dave, um, she used to walk around with a loaf of bread, Dave's Killer Bread, and she would point to the cartoon character on her bread and say, Grandpa. Grandpa. Ashlyn actually does that now, too, which is weird, because she hasn't been to the bakery, and she doesn't doesn't really, she just knows that's Grandpa. We have Dave's Killer Bread shirts and stuff, but yeah, it's cute. Yeah, you know, I always like to bring up the fact that Dave's Killer Bread cartoon character arms are not as, they're twice as big as what Dave's arms are in reality well they're getting there my arms are starting to get there again <laughs> they never really were there that's that's a great story of course you know they uh, the guy this guy uh ryan alexander tanner if you just happen to be listening knucklehead dude um you know how many how many times did i have to tell you to make my arms bigger i'm paying you <laughs> i'm paying you the big bucks dude like 150 or something like that it's about all i had in my pocket and in into my name right and I'm like you know make my arms fucking bigger <laughs> and uh, you think if Jess I think we went a little too far but you think if Jess had a cartoon character her arms would be big too <laughs> I don't know what would you what would your cartoon what would you want would be your, bigger. yeah <laughs> I was gonna say that what would be your uh, superhero look Wonder Woman yeah Wonder Woman yeah. <laughs> moms are Wonder Women yeah I was so. I was Wonder Woman I always wonder, wonder weirdo. Lads wonder weirdo. Well, I always wonder if you're a woman. 
That's Wonder Woman. You know, you got some issues if you think I look like a woman, dude. We'll you... find out at Darcells. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we Darcells is coming up. Are you coming to the Darcells show? You should. I think so. Yeah, you need yeah. to come to that one because Curtis Elgato is going to be there. That's really going to be cool, and Curtis is going to be dressed in drag for sure. You know, I never even knew that they does. had regular shows like the one we're going to be putting on there at Darcells. I didn't realize that. Well, I thought it was always a, a charity drag, show. A drag queen thing. It's a charity show, and it's at 6 to 8 in the evening, so it's kind of early. And, and then they'll come on with the drag queens. Uh, yeah, and then you get to But then after on. that, it's like Chippendales, like really buff guys after. Oh, Dave, yes. you could yeah. stay for that one. Yeah, yeah, maybe by that time I'll I got a potato you can put in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. You always just keep the same potato for all your shows? I've what? had that potato for years, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's getting, it grows those little things off of it. <laughs> Good times. Here we well, we need to wrap this up, lad. You've, you uh, pretty much destroyed this show. I did. Uh, but I mean, we had such a great guest, but you damn near screwed it up. Um, best guest in the world. We had my daughter, Jessica Benedom, formerly Jessica Lindahl, um, at one point in her life for a long time. And uh, so, hey, you got anything more to say for yourself before we wrap it up? Just thanks for having me. You guys are great. Oh, thank this you. This is fun. Yeah, so it's great having you on here. And you did such a great job. You're natural on the radio. You don't. I was so nervous. Yeah. I get nervous, too. I don't know why. Hey, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week on the Felony Inc. podcast. Join us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time at StartupRadioNetwork.com and catch up on previous episodes on any podcast app. If you know what's good for you, you'll shut up and listen. If you don't, you know it'll happen, right? Oh, my God. Here we go. I'm going to show up at your place late at night, and we're going to make you listen. Breaking and entering Lad's ass. This will be full-on breaking and listening. And a big thank you to this week's guest, my daughter, Jessica Benetton. Yes, best guest ever. Best. And coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your host Edgar Navis and Claudia Cardenas. And here we go. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so esta escuchanta la radio del inicio. Chupa mi vega. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.